Bucky Severin by James Kerwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Rowdy Delaney, Idaho, USA. Bucky Severin by James Kerwood. Father Brochet had come south from Fond du Lac, and Wayman, the Hudson's Bay Company doctor, north from Geike River country. They met at Severn's cabin, on the water found. Both had come on the same mission, to see Severn, one to keep him from dying, if that was possible, one to comfort him in his last hour, if death came. Severn insisted on living. Bright-eyed, hollow-cheeked, with a racking cough that reddened the gauze handkerchief the doctor had given him, he sat bolstered in his cot and looked out through the open door with a glad and hopeful gaze. Wyman had arrived only a half an hour before. Outside was the Indian canoeman, who had helped bring him up. It was a glorious day, such as comes in its full beauty only in the far northern spring, where the air enters the lungs like sharp, warm wine, laden with the tang of spruce and balsam, and the sweetness of bursting poplar buds. "'It was mighty good of you to come up,' Severn was saying to the doctor. "'The company has always been the best friend I've ever had, except one, and that's why I've hung on to it all these years, trailing the sledges, first as a kid, you know, then trapping, running, and—oh, Lord!' He stopped to cough, and the little black-frocked missioner, looking across at Wayman, saw him bite his lips. "'That cough hurts, but it's better,' Severn apologized, smiling weakly. "'Funny, ain't it? A man like me coming down with a cough? "'Why, I've slept in ice a thousand times, with snow for a pillow, and the thermometer down to fifty. "'But last winter it was cold, seventy or lower, and I worked in it when I ought to have been inside warming my toes. "'But you see, I wanted the cabin built, and all things cleared up about here, before she came.' "'It's the cold got me, wasn't it, Doc?' "'That's it,' said Wayman, rolling and lighting a cigarette. Then he laughed as the sick man finished another coughing spell and said, "'I never thought you'd have a love affair, Bucky.' "'Neither did I,' chuckled Severin. "'Ain't it a wonder, Doc?' "'Here I am, thirty-eight, with a hide on me like leather, and no thought of a woman for twenty years, until I saw her. "'I don't mean it's a wonder I fell in love, Doc.' You'd have done that if you'd have met her first. The wonder of it is that she fell in love with me. He laughed softly. I'll bet Father Brochet'll go a heap in himself when he marries us. It's going to happen next month. Did you ever see her father, Marie Lacorne, over at the post on Split Lake? Severn dropped his head to cough, but Wayman saw the sudden look of horror that leapt into the little priest's face. Marie Lacorne. Yes, at Split Lake. Severn looked up again. He had missed what Wayman had seen. "'Yes, I've seen her.' Bucky Severn's eyes lit up with pleasure. "'She's—she's she's beautiful, ain't she?' he cried in a hoarse whisper. "'Ain't it a wonder, Father? I come up here with a canoe full of supplies, last spring about this time, and at first I hardly dast to look at her. But it come out all right. When I told her I was coming over here to build us a home, she wanted me to bring her along to help, but I wouldn't.' I knew it was going to be a hard winter, and she's never going to work, never so long as I live. I ain't had much to do with women, but I've seen em, and I've watched em, and she's never going to drudge like the rest. 
If she'll let me, I'm even going to do the cooking and the dishwashing and scrub the floors. I've done it for twenty-five years, and I'm tough. She ain't going to do nothing but sew for the kids when they come and sing and be happy. When it comes to work, there ain't no fun in. I'll do it. I've planned it all out. We're going to have half an arpent square of flowers, and she'll love to work among 'em. I've got the ground cleared out there. You could see it by twisting your head through the door. And she's going to have an organ. I've got the money saved, and it's coming to Churchill on the next ship. That's going to be a surprise. About Christmas, when the snow is hard and sledging good, you see. He stopped again to cough. A hectic flush filled his hollow cheeks, and there was a feverish glow in his eyes. As he bent his head, the priest looked at Wayman. The doctor's lips were tense. His cigarette was unlit. I know what it means for a woman to die a workin', Severn went on. My mother did that. I can remember it, though I was only a kid. She was bent and stoop-shouldered, and her hands were rough and twisted. I know why she used to hug me close and croon funny things over me when father was away. When I first told Marie what I was goin' to do, she laughed at me. But when I told her about my mother and how work and freezin' and starvin' killed her when I needed her most, Marie just put up her hand to her face and looked queer, and then she burst out cryin' like a baby. She understands. Marie does. She knows what I'm goin' to do. You mustn't talk any more, Bucky. Warned the doctor, feeling his pulse. It'll hurt you. Hurt me? Severn laughed hysterically, as if what the doctor had said was a joke. Hurt me? It's going to put me on my feet, Doc. I know it now. I've been too much alone this last winter, with nothing but my dogs to talk to when night come. I ain't never been much of a talker, but she got me out of that. She used to tease me at first, and I'd get red in the face and almost bust. And then one day it come like a bung out of a hole, and I've been hankering to talk ever since. Hurt me? He gave an incredulous chuckle, which ended in a cough. Do you know? I wish I could read better than I can," he said suddenly, leaning almost eagerly toward Father Brochet. "She knows I ain't great shucks at that. She's going to have a school just as soon as she comes, and I'm going to be the scholar. She's got a packful of books and magazines, and I'm going to tote over a fresh load every winter. I'd like to surprise her. Can't you help me too?" Wayman pressed him back gently. "See here, Bucky." You've got to lay down and keep quiet," he said. "If you don't, it will take you a week longer to get well. Try and sleep a little, while Father Brochet and I go outside and see what you've done." When they went out, Wayman closed the door after them. He spoke no word as he turned and looked upon what Bucky Severn had done for the coming of his bride. Father Brochet's hands touched the doctor's, and it was cold and trembling. "How is he?" he asked. It's a bad malady," said Wayman softly. "The frost has touched his lungs. One does not feel the effect until spring comes. Then a cough, and the lungs begin literally to slough away. You mean that there's no hope? Absolutely none. He will die within two days." As he spoke, the little priest straightened himself and lifted his hands as if to pronounce a benediction. "Thank God," he breathed. Then, as quickly, he caught himself. No, I don't mean that. God forgive me, but it is best. Wayman stared incredulously into his face. It is best," repeated the other, 
as gently as if speaking a prayer. How strangely the Creator sometimes works out his ends. I came straight here from Split Lake. Marie Lacorn died two weeks ago. It was I who said the last prayer over her dead body. End of Bucky Severn by James Kerwood Read by Rowdy Delaney, Idaho, USA